You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside my brother Chris, my name is Ryan. We are the, offici- the, we are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Sorry it's late. It's later than I expected it to be. And uh, please go and use that promo code uh, THPN next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we're here tonight to talk some hockey with you after the Super Bowl. Uh, Chris, first off, I I, I kind of want to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit, obvious, obviously, because we just watched it. Uh, I mean, what'd you think? That was a long game. It was a good time. Um, I'm glad the Chiefs won instead of the Niners, I guess. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, I didn't. Or... I didn't really have much of a of a fight. In this one, I didn't really care that much, to be honest with you. But I, I, I kind of was rooting for the Chiefs just because I'm a Holmes is a Texas boy, and then uh, my preacher here in town uh, is a really big Chiefs fan. So just for his sake, I was hoping uh, that he was going to win. I honestly didn't think they were going to pull it off there at the end. I really didn't. I thought they were going to lose in overtime, especially after the uh, the the field goal there. But I guess don't count out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I knew that he, that Mahomes was going to have it. He's too clutch. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I uh, I, I wish we could have on uh, the Dallas Stars roster a little bit. Well, I guess we'll find out what they're made of here in the playoffs here in a couple months. But uh, uh, other thoughts. Uh, what did you think of the the halftime? Uh, I only know one Usher song, and it's Yeah. So I'm <laughs> glad they finished with Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it was really funny. Uh, so we went to a Super Bowl party with a bunch of uh, of uh, friends from church, and we were sitting there watching the the halftime. And then the song that is a I forget what it's called. I don't even know what it's called, but it's Alicia Keys and Usher, the the one song they did together that they collabed on. Amanda sitting there just like under her breath, kind of singing, and everyone else just kind of looks over and stares at her, and she's the only one that knows. <laughs> the lyrics to the song <laughs> oh i thought it was funny but uh it wasn't a terrible halftime i thought it was okay i mean i you and and then we got into a big argument a lot of us did about like who what the best halftime of all time was and you know the only one i can really think of that really blew me away was when prince did it back in the day I don't even remember what year it was, but it was, I mean, you were little, little, uh, I think it was like 2007, 2008. I think that's my, my favorite halftime that I've ever watched. I, I was in high school when that happened. So, uh, some people were saying this was like the greatest halftime show of all time. I, I, I don't agree with it, but it, I thought it was better than two years ago when it was like Snoop Dogg and stuff like that. Bro, don't bash Snoop Doggy Dog. Get his name <laughs> out your mouth, bro. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't like the show from two years ago. I really just didn't. It was 
again, it wasn't bad, but I thought Usher's was a lot better. I thought it was a lot better. And Rihanna last year was 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 pretty good too. And then we had the weekend uh three years ago. I was just kind of like uh... <laughs> it was four years ago, Ryan. Was it really four years ago? No, who I'm asking who was four years ago? Four years ago. What about five years ago? What about six? I should know. Seven years? Now really think about this one. Eight years? I think Beyonce was 2013. I think I remember that for some reason. Beyonce was 2013 when she did it, when she was like the headline or whatever. But okay. Uh anyway, anyways, Chris is giving me uh giving me crap over here, but we're we're here to talk stars hockey with you guys. Uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest just because I, I thought it was a fun game. All I wanted was a fun game, and that's exactly what I got. Almost made it game. to, almost made it to double overtime. So uh, we would have started this a lot sooner uh, if the game hadn't lasted as long. But it is what it is. So, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, I want to get into a, a couple of things here tonight because this is a really pivotal time for the Dallas Stars. And when you look at their schedule and who they have played and their schedule this upcoming week and who they're going to play. This is going to be a very season defining moment for the Dallas stars. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did not do any research on this. The only reason why I know about all of this stuff is because I went and looked up at a, a hockey guy video. <laughs> so what, what kind of spurred all of this was the hockey guy in his power rankings he still has the Dallas Stars at 12th in his power rankings when the Stars are top five in the NHL right now when it comes to the standings and when it comes to points. So when you take a look back at what the Stars have done and who they've played and how they've played, they haven't really had a whole bunch of games that have been like, oh yeah, that's absolutely like a checkmark game that they deserve to get moved up in the power rankings and his power rankings is what he said. So like one of the examples that he used was the Detroit game. So he has Detroit above us right now. I think he has Detroit at number five, number six, seven, somewhere up there. They're in the top row, but uh, we ended up winning that game five to four. And that was a bizarre game. I remember that. And somehow we pulled out the win, but, one of his reasons for it is just the complete lack of consistency from this team. And I, I really wanted to get with you, Chris, and get your thoughts on this because it, it is, I, I can kind of see his point because I, I'll say it again for like the third time in like three weeks, the stars have still yet to play their best hockey. There is still something extra there that they have not hit at all. So do you think it's fair that the hockey guy has his, you know, has the stars at number 12 and in power rankings? Should they be higher? Or should we be worried about the fact that the stars not really played many teams as of late? Like when I, and when I say teams, I'm talking about teams in the playoff picture thoughts. Well, well, I look at some strength of schedule stuff and the stars have like one of the easier endings of the season as far as schedule goes. So saying that we haven't just haven't played good teams isn't exactly correct. Um, we haven't played great against good teams. I'll agree with that. Uh, we have, if, 
if you really claw back those couple of games against the Avalanche where the Stars should have won, not even could have won, should have won, then I, I think this wouldn't even be a conversation. But I think the fact that we have lost a couple of games that we had every ability to win against good teams in such like weird and really throwing the game away is what those games were. About three or four of those against really good teams. You can look back at the Toronto game as one of those two, where, I mean, a, a strength of your team, the penalty kill, collapses in that game to keep you out of it. So I, I, I think that's kind of what the argument is, is that the Stars don't have a great record against high quality teams. And that's somewhat fair, I'd say, but I'm honestly not overly worried about it, in my opinion. Does, is he right where he has them in his power rankings at number 12? Uh, I don't really care about power rankings. I, I would say no, just because of how consistent they are against bad teams. I mean, they, they're consistently getting points night in and night out. So if he wants to say that losing a close game to Toronto is bad enough to push you down a little bit further than, than sure, I think he's more so upset that they're not, not everything's coming together at the same time for the stars. And that's kind of what it's been this season is that the torch is just handed off between different sectors of our game that excel. And the, the only really consistent thing about stars hockey this season has been the Duchesne line. Other than that, it's kind of passed around what's working. Well, and even then, they haven't. There have been some games where they've kind of disappeared. Uh, well, maybe all four or five games <laughs> the whole right, season, like, like, right? But like, but generally, it, it's it it just it feels super inconsistent. So he 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 goes all the way back to the Nashville game where we it was the second it was the first Nashville game after we pulled out that insane two goals in the last. 10 seconds or whatever it was. Uh, and he, he goes through and he's like, and he, he has all of these numbers and all of these things. And I don't want to spend time kind of going through all of them, but I do want to kind of pick and choose a couple here. So a lot of the games that we did end up winning, he didn't really push us up in the power rankings at all. So when you look at some of the wins, like the overtime win over the Ducks, the overtime win over the Capitals, the two to one win over Buffalo, which is a game we should have lost, the three to two win over the Canadians uh, this past week, uh, the OT loss to the to the Islanders, uh, and then and then the, even the three to one win over the the Blackhawks about a month ago. Uh, and then he he pushed us down in that game against Nashville. It was six to three. And the game against Philadelphia, that was by far the worst game that I think we've played all season. And we got destroyed five to one. And then uh, he also did it in the same game against the Maple Leafs as well. So it's I, I guess it's he it's more about the fact that the stars are not doing anything to be deserved to be pushed up in in the, his power rankings and the only time he pushed them up was the five to one win over the la kings and the six to two win over the new jersey devils he has not moved the stars up in his power rankings in the last seven games I so mean, I, I don't agree that you have to blow a team out for it to be a good win i mean the stars have had good wins in there even though it was a closed game I mean, there's wins there that the Stars deserve to win by a lot more, and they just they just didn't. I mean, 
the Canadians game is a perfect example of that. Stars played very good in that game, had a good chance to win by a lot more, and it kept close anyway. So I kind of get what he's saying, but being that nitpicky on on wins is it doesn't make sense to me if I was to do a power ranking. Okay. So uh, just a, a couple of things, and you know, despite all of this, despite the stars, you know, still not playing to their full potential, they're still racking in points, like you said, Chris. They're beating all of these teams and everything. And it seems like everybody else has really sucked it up as well. Uh, I mean, the Avs have lost four in a row now. The Jets have lost, I think, five in a row now. And uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, the, the, the Central Division looked like a juggernaut with those top three teams. And now all of a sudden, coming out of the All-Star break, it looks like especially the the Avs and the Jets, they just can't win to save their life. That's not true. Three of the top eight teams are still in the central division. I mean, the top of the central is still the most competitive top of the division in the league, just because that we've had a little bit or the, not us, the abs and the jets have had a little bit of a slump recently. Doesn't make that not true. And we knew for sure the jets were going to have a slump like that. I mean, they were not going to keep up that pace of winning two to one games the way that they were earlier on in the season. So I expect the jets to continue to keep falling until we get to, the end of the season where they'll probably still get that third spot, I think, but they're, they're going to be a lot closer to the wild card than people are going to be thinking. I don't know. Uh, I mean, the way Nashville has been playing lately, uh, I could. And what's, what's crazy is that's that just Nash- a big gap. It's 56 to 60. The, Nashville has 56 points and they have to catch up to Winnipeg with 67. I mean, that's a long, that's a long gap for two and a half months. Yeah, and, and that's fair, but like you remember what happened last year. The Jets did the exact same thing last year. They were really hot. They yeah. were above the stars for a good portion of, I, th- I think, about this time as well last year. And then they slowly faded off all the way into the playoffs, and they barely made the playoffs, and they were the second wild card, and then just got destroyed yeah. in the playoffs by the Avs. So, and it's because uh, that style of play is not sustainable over an 82-game season anymore i mean maybe it was in the 90s when everyone was locking down and no one was getting fast but you're trying to play that aggressively in all three zones night in and night out and being just perfect on defense every single chance you get when it's working good it works great they showed that with their win streak but i mean as soon as you're not clicking on all cylinders it's pretty easy to get beat because you got to be perfect when you play that way very fair very very fair so looking at just some of the stats here as well, and, and this is kind of the argument that the hockey guy kind of talked about in his video. And, you know, he's kind of right. Uh, so the top four scores for the Dallas Stars in the last 12 games, here they are. And it's, it's, it's really no surprise who number one is. Matt Duchesne, six goals, six assists, 12 points. Then you've got Hints with five goals, seven assists, 12 points. And then Robertson, quietly again, he's not the same scorer that he, he was last year, but he's still quietly picking up points, and he's more of a playmaker this year. Two goals, nine nine assists for 11 points. And then the surprise person on this list, Thomas Harley. I guess not really surprise, but, but cool surprise, I guess is what I should say. Thomas Harley with four goals, seven assists, 11 points in the last 12 games. And this goes back to before... Miro came back into the lineup. So you look at those four guys 
Duchesne's on the second line. Robertson is not scoring goals like he was last year. Sagan is not on this, this list. Jamie Benn is not on this list. Uh, you're also looking at even Pavelski is not even on this list either in the top four scorers in the last 12 games. And yet the Stars are still able to pull out points. They're still able to win and all this sort of thing. Kind of cool, kind of concerning in, in some part. In some parts, what are you thinking when you hear those sort of stats? What's concerning about it? Just the fact that we're not seeing, maybe not concerning, but what are your just thoughts? Any thoughts that you have? I mean, I kind of, that, that makes sense to me. I mean, Harley's on a heater right now. Duchesne has been extremely consistent all year long, especially with, with kidding assists. He can do that every, every single chance he gets. He can get on goal slumps every once in a while, but he's always getting apples. Um, I mean, I, I'm happy with where that's at. I, I think our best players are the ones consist, consistently putting up points, and that's Rope and Robertson. And I, I think that's where this team's bread is buttered, and especially with Duchesne this year. It, it, he's been doing that all year long. And Harley's just on a heater. Yeah, he absolutely and he, is. And he's really bought into the uh, to coming up on the rush that DeBoer was kind of harping on. Even even last year, he was trying to get like get up there, guys. Whenever we're going down, jump up on the rush with him. And Harley does it, no questions asked. He'll go all the way up. And he's been rewarded greatly, especially when he's on the ice with that first line. They They can get him the puck. So let, let's talk about Harley for a second, because I think he deserves some recognition for what he's done, especially over the last two months. And uh, I'll ask you this question. This is a good question from uh, Brian of uh, Blackout Dallas. Hey, Brian, uh, do you bridge Harley or do you go long term? So do we see, is he worthy of a contract like Miro Haskinen? Or do you, and you give him... I don't know, eight million or seven point five or or whatever. I don't think you give him more than Haskinen, so maybe not eight million. But I mean, what do you do? Do you give him a bridge contract or do you go long term with him? Yeah, that's fully up to what his long term number is. I think if his long term number is low enough to where we can still add the pieces that we want to add on this team this next off season, then of course you're going to take the long term. Um, but I I have a feeling that he's going to ask for more than we want and that we want to have more wiggle room with our off seasons so that we can go out and get more state home depth defensemen and maybe to try and find a Duchesne replacement, even though we probably have those guys in the AHL. Um, but anyway, I think short term, they're going to want more cap space. So I have a feeling it's likely going to be a, a two or three year bridge. Um, but like I said, it comes down to what his long-term number is. If that number's too high, it's a bridge. It's, Good and low enough, we'll probably take it. I think with Harley, Harley's a little different than Mira Haskinen. Mira Haskinen is a franchise cornerstone defenseman that proved, even when he was super young, that he is as good defensively as he is offensively. So I think that's why he deserved and got that eight by eight or whatever it was. It was a little over eight, something like that. I think with Harley, I think you go with a bridge deal. And, and and you obviously give him a raise, duh. I mean, I don't know how much that would be. I don't think it's a... I don't think it's... I, I think we you and James were, like, I thought lowballing it the last time we talked about this. But I'm thinking, like, five and a half, 
six million over three years. Well, I, I think a, that's I think that's fair. He's an RFA, so you're gonna have a lot more leverage than if he was a UFA. So if he was a UFA, I'd fully agree. Six is probably where you would look at if he was a UFA. Since he's an RFA, he's probably gonna be three to five. And especially with his play recently, he's probably closer to five, like you were saying. The the only reason why I say more is because we talked about and especially when Robertson, the Robertson signing broke and he got uh, seven and three quarters for three years, four years, whatever it was. That was way less than any of us expected. We thought it we were talking like eight, nine, ten million dollars. Insiders were saying it was it was six could be more than that. Yeah, yeah way more exactly. So I, I don't I, I still think it's going to be more. And, you know, Ardell, that that that's a good point over here. Three point five for three years with incentives. Unless he wants the Klingberg special. <laughs> yeah, we'll give him the Klingberg special. We'll yeah, we'll give one. him the Klingberg special. 4.25 for seven yeah. years? Yeah, I, I would yeah, say. And, and that's what I, I was saying. That. That's what I was saying. If his long-term number is something like that, like something that Klingberg was saying, then sure, of course we'll take that. But like you said, he's probably not going to be like that. It's probably, yeah. his long-term number right now is probably about six. Yeah. Okay, I just thought that was interesting. He deserves a lot of talk uh, with what he's uh, doing. Yeah. And you right say now. he's not as like a sure thing as Haskinen was. You got to remember, he's a rookie still. I mean, this is his first full no, NHL no, no, season, not, yeah. and yeah, he is playing twenty minutes a night. So this he's pretty much as as sure as a thing as you can get with the rookie in the NHL right now. He is fantastic. He's he's co leading the league in NHL or defensive scoring, or at least he was last game. I haven't looked recently. Yes, and, and and that's fair, but the the only thing is is you you got to be able to do it over a course of a couple of years before you get the big contract, and that's why Miro got eight million dollars after his entry level deals because he did that consistently did yeah. for three years. Yeah, well, yeah, no, yeah, it was three was years. Three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, before he got it. So, I mean, easy, easy. They slam dunk eight million dollar contract. With him, it's it's just a one-and-a-half-year spectacle. And maybe you could argue that he came up right when the Stars needed him and he was the exact thing the Stars needed going into the uh, going into the playoffs. He was the perfect acquisition, in, in quotations, uh, the last six games last year and then obviously in the playoffs. But he's stepped up and he has shown no signs of slowing down. So really excited to see where he goes. Want to move on to a couple of guys who are cooking down in the AHL and they continue to cook. Although lately the Texas stars have not been all that great. Uh, it's been a while since games. That's my bad. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> they, you need to be our insider there going to more games there. But obviously I'm talking about Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork. And both of those guys are cooking and I mean, it's ridiculous what they're doing. And you got to think, you got to think that at some point, maybe they make their way up to the NHL roster even this year. Because we didn't see that happening for Harley. And now we have, I know we we had more of a need on the, on the defensive side last year going into the playoffs. So Harley was perfect coming in. And we don't really need that with Stankoven and Bork. But, I mean, man, if you can throw him on the third line, throw them both on the third line with Wyatt Johnston, and you've got a 
oh my goodness, I can't even imagine the how scared other NHL teams would be watching that three-headed monster of those three lines that we've got and trying to figure out like which of your own personnel you're going to guard against those three guys. Uh, and and not just those three guys, but those three lines. Do you yeah. see them making their way into the NHL roster this season? Well, if I was a betting man, I'd say no. The, the exciting thing here, though, is that having those two guys down there and obviously them being ready to, to start playing at a higher level, it, it opens you up to have the possibility to trade some forward roster spots for it to free up some cap space and get a defenseman, which is what we're really aching for right now, is, is a solid second pair defense. Um, my issue is those guys, Stingman Bork, obviously offensively, more than ready. They are ready to, to go come to the NHL and play some serious minutes and put up some serious points. Their defensive prowess is, I, I don't think, close to where Johnston was at when he started last year, to be honest, from the little bit that I have watched of them in the AHL. Offensively, yeah, they they dominate. I mean, they are so obvious. Anytime the puck is on either of their sticks, they are the center of the attention in those in, in those AHL games. They can do basically whatever they want. But it, they're defensively, it, they're not as noticeable even as Johnson is. I mean, Johnson, you can notice coming all the way back, being in the perfect spot, making great plays defensively. You notice him on defense. Haven't you? Don't really notice. Uh, stanky or bork making those kind of plays i feel like in their own zone sometimes i've seen to make a couple mistakes even in the ahl so uh, i think that's really what's been holding them back from the nhl but it is interesting to have that opportunity to trade away some forward roster spots to try and get that defenseman so do you think the stars would be willing to part with maybe a liam bischel right now to get help on the def- uh, to get help on the blue line immediately because Bischel doesn't seem to be 100% ready, but he probably will be in the next couple of seasons. Is that someone you would be willing to part with? Because for me, Stan Coven is not on the table, and neither is Maverick Bork. That that would be my thing. And I'm even tempted to say that Liam Bischel is on that no-trade list. But you got to be willing to trade something. And of those three guys... Uh, Bixel is the the one I would probably be willing to part with in order to get some help on the blue line now. With where the trade market seems like where it's at, especially after that last deal with uh, with Calgary, I, I don't I don't think he's on the table. I mean, you're not going to give up Bixel and a first round pick for a rental. You I, you're not going to do that. So I, I think he's off the table given where this trade market. If it was Bixel for for Lindholm. And that was it, a one for one like that. That that's tempting, and you maybe do that, but it would be it would cost a lot more than that. And I I just I don't see it happening for a big name guy. There's definitely some uh, some better defensemen than we have out there that are maybe not as as sexy of a move, but would still be better for our blue line. The only issue is it it's going to be hard for a team to make a trade with us if they're not looking at one of those three prospects, which I really don't think we should be looking at moving right now. Cause this team is in a great spot, not just to win a Stanley cup this year. They're in a great spot to win a Stanley cup over the next five years. I mean, they have incredible, incredible talent in their lower leagues. And don't forget Vixel's in a European league that ends about a month before the NHL regular season ends. So we may very well have Vixel available 
potentially uh, for a late playoff run, exactly like Harley was. It, it definitely be a little bit different since we don't have our people right looking at him and having having our input on what he's working on because uh, obviously our coaches are not the guys that are coaching him in Europe. But it's a guy like that, they were so impressed with him at camp. They were he, he, there was talks about him making this roster from training camp this year. So it, I really think it's a longer shot than Harley was, but there's still a shot that he gets on this team before the season ends. I think he, there's a better chance that Bixel gets on this team than Stegevin or Bork. Just because of the need at the at the, the decor. Yes. And okay. I don't That's think fair. there's going to I don't think there's going to be a good enough trade that the Stars could make that would remove a forward from our roster position. And if we don't lose a forward due to trade, I don't see them coming up. I don't see us putting some of our depth guys down just to bring those guys up. Well, and that's the other thing, though, is like if you do go and you make a trade for a defenseman, obviously going the other way would have to be a depth guy. So, I mean, just to make the salary work. What and I mean, the, as crazy it may sound, I I think Marchment's still on the table because of how well he's playing lately. I I I, I don't want him to be, but if if it's gonna make a trade work, you have guys that I think could probably replace Marchment and do okay in in Stankoven or uh, Maverick Bork. But that I also think that would be really stupid if they did that. That's just my personal opinion. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Here's some odds for you for the Rocket Richard Trophy, which is the regular season top goal scorer. Obviously, right now, Austin Matthew leads the way. He's got a minus 330 in the odds. But you can also take a look at Sam Reinhardt of the Florida Panthers with a plus 650, David Posternock of the Boston Bruins with a plus 1,000, or maybe you can even go for Nikita Kucherov at a plus 2,500. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. The other thing I kind of wanted to to talk about and with all this whole trade thing is uh, David Pagnota of the fourth period. Seems like he's got a really big source in Dallas when it comes to all of his stuff. But 
there was a gentleman named Anthony DeMarco on X that tweeted, the Leafs forever and Canucks are the two main teams I've heard tied to Rasmus Ristolainen of the Philadelphia Flyers. David Pagnota uh, retweeted it or re-quoted it, whatever you want to call it. And he said this, in addition to Toronto and Vancouver, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas entered the equation. So it, I don't think that's something that makes any sense to me because at least from a from a star's perspective, and I'm not even considering what we would have to trade to get him from Philadelphia, I believe he has a $5.5 million cap hit, and he's got lots of term on his deal, and he's not living up to that contract. So we're going to pay a guy the same amount of money as Essa Lindell, who absolutely deserves that money. And he's nowhere near even close to being a top four defenseman, in, in my opinion. So the, and now I haven't heard much about him this year as I did last year, but all I heard last year was this guy is not living up to his contract. He's not playing well. But I mean, what did you, what did you, what do you think about those thoughts from David Pagnota? Yeah, uh, I think he's just saying Dallas might be involved because they need a defenseman. <laughs> this is all that I'm thinking that is. And yeah, it doesn't really make sense given the term and the the money. It, that doesn't make sense for the Stars at all. So I, I don't see that happening. Really, if you know the guy's name, I don't think the Stars are involved in that deal right now. They're looking for kind of a guy that kind of sits below the radar, isn't really a high impact in into any games right now, but would be an improvement on our blue line is all we're looking for is a little bump on blue line. It, it We're not in for the sexy picks right now, just where the market is at because we have too many good assets that we're not going to move. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you that it just, it, it, it doesn't make any sense from a star standpoint. Okay. I think there are several, like depth blue line guys that could be on our second pair and would, would be an improvement though. And I think those options are out there. And I think you can make a deal with those without giving up any of those big three assets that we have. And you could give up a a high, high uh, draft pick draft pick. Thank you. Goodness. (laughs) And you could probably get away with that. So I think that's really what the stars are looking for right now. You're we're going to make a trade and you're not going to know the guy's name and we're, you, you should be okay with that. Well, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, I guess, but I, I haven't done my homework. But is there any players that you can think of? I've looked. There are like three names. I don't remember their names because, like I said, <laughs> we're not going to know the guy's name. Uh, I, I could go look again, but there, there are three guys that are like borderline second, third pair that are UFAs on poor teams that are somewhat available. I don't remember their names, though. So, yeah, you did put me on the spot. Thanks a lot. <laughs> hey, sorry, sorry. That's my job. I'm the host here. That's my job. I'm supposed to put you on the. Okay, so I'll I'll ask you about the Calgary defenseman. Um, I don't think Hannafin would be a good idea for the Stars. Period. I don't just because he's looking for a raise in his and what he's making right now, and the Stars are not going to be able to keep him anyways. And his cap hit right now is much higher. Then the other guy from Calgary that that everyone is talking about that they really want in Chris Tanev. Now, when you when you look at 
what they're asking for with Chris Tanev, one of the few teams that is in a buying mode that could probably give Calgary what they want is Dallas. Dallas is one of those few teams that could make a deal to make it work to give Calgary what they want and also the Stars get Chris Tanev in return. I just don't think it's worth it. There, there's, there's reports right now on the market that at one point it was a second round pick and everyone was like, what's going on? Why isn't that a done deal already? Um, yeah. um, and then now we're, I, I'm, I'm really betting that Craig Conroy of the Calgary Flames, their general manager is just kind of playing it out right now. And I think that, I think there's a bidding war going on right now between a bunch of different teams. And I would not be surprised if it's up to a first round pick and a prospect at this point for a guy that is going to be an unrestricted free agent and more than likely is not going to resign wherever he does get traded to. Yeah. I think if the, if the stars, like you said, the stars could get him if we wanted to, we've got, we've got the, uh, we've got the funds, uh, but it would cost a first round pick and one of our three guys, I believe. And then we would have to move around some, some roster cap and probably get rid of maybe Foxa, maybe Lindell, something like that. And that's just not something that the stars want to do right now. You don't want to sacrifice the future of this team. Cause this team really is in a great spot where we could be good for a long time. There's no reason to go all in whenever, I mean, we've got three guys that, probably are going to be in the NHL next year that look fantastic in their respective leagues. So there's, there's no reason to to sell them off right now. I feel like. Okay. Last question about uh, trades and then we'll move on to a couple of regular NHL stories that I want to ask you, but I want to get your take on it. <coughs> so the stars were definitely much a buyer last year, right? They they kind of made a hockey trade with the Montreal Canadiens. Dennis Garyanov goes to Montreal. We get Dodonov. I still think we got the better end of that deal as Dodonov is still with the Stars and Garyanov is not with the Canadiens. But then they went, he did go out and he did spend a second round pick in getting Max Domi. Do you think the Stars are going to just stand pat and just deal with what they've got going into the playoffs? and hope for the best with the decor that they have? Or do you think they're going to actually go out there and buy? Because it's just a feeling. I, this feels a lot different than last year. And last year we bought when this team wasn't didn't have all these expectations on them. The team still has that expectations on them. It's kind of softened now because they haven't really lived up to those expectations, in my opinion, at least in the way they've played on the ice. The standing says otherwise, but I mean, it, it really feels like that, that Jim Nell is doing his absolute best to go out and buy and go and get a defenseman that would actually be of use to the Dallas stars for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, you, you said it feels different this year. I'm going to argue that for the stars, it feels actually very similar. There's a very obvious hole, just like last year. Very obvious. We need a guy to play with Sunday and Marchman. That's what we needed. It's, Garanov wasn't working there. We got to go get somebody. And he filled and that D- hole. And that was it. great. And Domi did it. And Dodonov fit another hole that we didn't even know we absolutely needed. And that fit perfectly. And right now we have the obvious hole of we need like one more defenseman. It is what it too. feels like. We need one more. We would love to. But we need we need one more is what we need. Um, the difference I feel like this year is just the market. Last year, you got Domi for a second round pick. 
that would never happen the way the market is looking right now for for trades because there's so many more teams that are in it right now as i feel like what the big difference is there's not that huge separation between teams that are in and teams that are out there's a lot more teams on the bubble this year than there was last year and that's going to make a lot more buyers and that's going to make for the sellers having a lot more uh a lot more bidders and they're going to be able to have a couple of different teams fighting over players rather than trying to get their trying to get anything for those players like a like they were with Domi. So I I think the Stars should look for something, but you can't get in a bidding war if you're looking at a guy who has other teams bidding for him. Then that's probably not the guy you should be looking at trying to trade for. Is what it is. So like I said, we're gonna trade for a guy. It's gonna be defenseman that none of us know. And we'll look him up later and be like, oh, he's all right. He's better than what we have now. So that's what we should be looking for. You can't get in a bidding war with how good of an assets we got. You can't risk the future of this team because it's so bright right now. And what's really awesome about the Dallas Stars is we have Jim Nill. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's, that's, what really, I was... he, that's really it. I mean, like, if you're like the Edmonton Oilers or if you're like the Toronto Maple Leafs or one of these other uh, teams, well, we got to buy now. We got to buy now. We got to buy now. Something would definitely happen. Something, if we were yes, exactly. Teams. Exactly. And that's not going to happen with Jim Nill. He is extremely, extremely smart in making yep. sure that the deals he makes are, if we're not fleecing the other team at the very least, it is a very good even trade for both squads, and it's yeah. not screwing the stars over. Yeah, the he has riskiest, been... the riskiest deal uh, Jim Nill ever made was his first one for Tyler Sagan, <laughs> and that worked out great. And he didn't need to make another one. But yeah, I fully agree. If he has a good deal, he'll well, take it. If there's not one there, he's totally fine with us taking this roster that we have to the playoffs, and we still have a couple aces with up our sleeves with those depth guys down the AHL and in Europe. And I would argue that he made a very risky move in trading that first round pick for Nels Lundqvist. That still has, I, I think it's still playing out a little bit, but a lot would argue that that trade has not gone well for the Stars so far. So anyways, okay. A um, couple of NHL things I wanted to ask you about. Did you happen to see the Senators and Maple Leafs game? Oh, yes, Okay, did. you did. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so I, I will I will let you cook for a second. And I'll I'll give some background. Okay. So game is in Ottawa. It's four to three, right? Okay. Uh, Ridley Greg, 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 whatever his name is. He's very quickly becoming the new Brad Marchand. Like <laughs> nobody likes him. He is he he's nowhere near as bad as Sean Avery, not even close, but he's becoming a pest in the NHL, right? He's taking it. it he, he has a breakaway and towards the empty net. And he just takes the thing and slap shots it like yeah. probably five feet, maybe even less in front of the net. No one around. Nobody else. No in one the around. Zone Nobody around. He yes. was just stunting on him. Yes. And Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs did not take kindly to this. So like it. It, 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 it didn't even did not even take 10 seconds. Morgan Riley just starts bashing him and cross-checked him in the head and just went after the guy. And of course it, you know, everyone else had to jump in as well. So 
I wanted to get what you thought on that play because I, 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 well, first off, I thought it was great. It was that that's hockey one one right there. That was brilliant. I love yeah. that. That that's the kind of stuff that you look later on when like the senators really start getting better, and you know that rivalry starts to ramp up even more. That's going to be one of those plays that they keep going back to. It's going to be awesome. But what did you think about that particular play in that game? As ball, if you take a slap shot from the top of the crease, yep, that's disrespectful, hundred percent. But you know oh, what, yeah. Toronto. Don't get scored on your empty net, and then you won't have that happen. The response? Valid. Yep, you should have the response <laughs> when someone takes a slap shot on your empty net. Cross-check the guy in the face? Maybe not. Maybe that's a little bit too far. It is a little bit too far. You should have a response. You should not cross-check him in the face. You should grab his jersey, shove him into the boards, and then, you know, throw him each down. Other up. Or, or drop the gloves and do it legit. You shouldn't cross-check him in the face. You should have a response. So he's going to get in trouble for cross-checking him in the face. Good. He also responded to it and didn't let his team get stunted on. Also good. He just did it in a poor way. So, but yeah, I I, I saw that video and, and I showed it to Ellie and I was like, this is the most hockey thing I've ever seen. In the, yes. <laughs> in like the last 10 years. It's the most hockey play that it's ever happened. Oh, it was, it, it was hilarious. Like when I first saw it and I, I saw him doing it, I thought it was, I was like, why is this such a big deal? He's going to the empty net to win the game. Okay, great. And then he winds and up. Then he like, took the slap <laughs> shot. And was like, oh, no, oh, he's no. not. And it, complete disrespect. Like now should, should uh, Greg have done that? No, he shouldn't have done that. Well, he, I mean, he can do it. <laughs> There's I'm no not rule against it. it. I, I know. I, I'm not faulting him for it. There's not. There's an unwritten rule there that says you're going to win the game. Don't disrespect your opponent. You already I, beat them. As long but as he's ready I, for what's coming. Yes. I, and maybe. And he had to. He had to know that something was he coming. He knew something was coming. He knew something was coming. Right. He, he had to know. Known. He didn't know a cross trick to the face was coming. Obviously, because he got <laughs> knocked out. But <laughs> right. But it, to be honest with you, Chris, I am 100% with you. Like, like everything you said, I 100% agree with. Like, yes, you, you should, you you should take that slap shot. You should take that slap shot because you're going to win the game. You absolutely should. And the Maple Leafs should not allow five goals on their net. That's them. Uh, I don't fault Morgan Riley at all for his, his response. That is, that is what you do. That is 100% what you do when something like that happens but he took it too far yeah it was a little <laughs> bit too far a little bit so the the latest news out of that chris i don't know if you saw but he is going to have an in-person hearing for this so we at the time of this recording we don't know how many games he's going to get but it leaves the door open for six games or more so i don't know how you feel about that allow it get him getting a six game suspension or longer I think that's ridiculous considering some of the hits we've seen in the last couple of weeks and you know, these guys getting like three or four games for some of those hits. I, I did not think that this was nearly as bad as those hits and not, not as bad as the hits. The difference is when it happens, it happens after the play. It's obviously not, nobody's trying to make a hockey play there. You're not trying to make a clean hockey hit. You're trying okay. To neither was Brendan Dillon. Brendan Dillon was not trying to make a hockey play. He was he the he could have made a play on the puck. He didn't, and he was going straight for the body on 
whoever it was. I don't even remember. I would just agree with that. He's trying to make a body check and he missed and he missed bad. He can't do that. He can't miss that bad. I agree, but he's still trying to make a body check. That's a hockey play. What, 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 what O'Reilly did is he tried to cross check the guy in the face and he succeeded. And it was okay, well so, after the play, and he knew he was trying to hurt him. That That's a different okay. situation, in my opinion. I think that does warrant a very hefty suspension. Even for a guy that has never been... I don't think he's ever been suspended before. Even for a guy that's never been suspended. I think that's what's going to save him. I think that's going to keep him probably at four or five games. But, yes. the It was 100% intent to injure, well after the play. No hockey was happening. It, it was it was bad. Like I said, what you're supposed to do there, you're supposed to grab the guy and push him into the boards, and then you can do your normal hockey face wash, scrum, whatever. Cross check him in the face, you're trying to hurt him. You, you can't do that after the play. And that's why it's going to be a higher suspension is because there was not even a chance that that was any kind of hockey. I need to go back and look at it, but I don't, I, I don't think he would... And again, I'm just doing this based off of what I remember. I haven't watched it in a couple of days now. I don't think he was intentionally trying to cross-check him in the head. Now, he did. He absolutely did. But I don't think the intent was there to cross-check him in the head. You should go back and watch it because they skated next to each other. The dude's arms were down. He was looking at O'Reilly, and O'Reilly then cross-checks him in the face. So (laughs) I I think you need to watch it again because there was lots of other contact points that O'Reilly could have made that were not his jaw. And that's exactly where the stick went. So that's why it's going to be a heftier suspension than those other ones. I agree. The other ones do more damage, but it's in the midst of hockey happening. There was no hockey happening in the O'Reilly incident. He was he was trying to hurt him. All right. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about, and then uh, we'll wrap it up tonight. I'm sorry, guys. We don't have a Who Cares segment this evening, but we, we will have one. Uh, we don't have week. James. Yeah, we don't have James. James is normally the yeah, one. He's got the of... notebook. He has the notebook uh, of of what the segments are. So, yes, uh, to- totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I wanted to ask you about some of the announcements that were made from Gary Bettman, but specifically one because we only have time for one. What do you think about the Four Nations Cup that they announced at the All Star Game? Because and what I want to get with ask you about is, uh, excuse me, just some of the players that we might see in the Four Nations Cup. And the Four Nations Cup is going to include, obviously, the United States and Canada, Finland and Sweden. So it, it, it's really going to suck for some of these players, like you know David Pasternak, who is one of the best players, uh, one of the best goal scorers in the NHL. It's going to not include Leon Dreisaitl of Germany because obviously he's from Germany. And then, you know, like Kucherov. And there, there's a, a an obvious reason why Russia is not being included in any kind of international hockey tournament right now. But it's not going to include all of the best players in the world. And it really sucks for guys like that. But I do want to get your uh, get your take on... Uh, some of the Dallas Stars that you think should be in this Four Nations Cup. And we have quite a few that we could talk about. Um, but first, for the uh, for Team USA, obviously you got to think that Jason Robertson is basically a, a shoe in. Yep. He has to be a lock, it feels like. Even if he's not a top six guy, 
He's he's on the roster because of the because of his two way play. He's a very good two way player. <laughs> and then it depends on who you ask, but for a French goaltender, Jake Ottinger, because the Americans are pretty stacked when it comes to goaltending. It depends you what got, kind of year he has next year. I, I think it absolutely does, and I think that's the key. So you got uh, Connor Hellebuck, who I think is probably the probably starter. Probably going to be it. Yeah. He has to be the starter. It makes sense to me. Then you also got Thatcher Demko, who is having a ridiculous season right now with the Vancouver Canucks. And then you've also got Jeremy Sm- uh, Swayman of the Boston Bruins, who has been excellent for the last couple of years. So they're only allowed to have three, and it's hard to argue, especially right now, that Ottinger should be in that category with those other three guys. Thoughts on those? It, it, on on Robertson just, or or Ottinger? Robertson's definitely in. He's probably the first line winger. Um, uh, it, it really depends what Otter does the rest of this season and the beginning of next season until they decide on the rosters. But overall, I love this Four Nations Cup thing. I think it's going to be great. Uh, and it'll be, and they're going to be starting it at the perfect time too, I think. I think the Four Nations Cup should happen. Um, on like the off years of the winter Olympics. Now that the winter Olympics are coming back with full NHL players, which will be great. So that way our, your mid season breaks now are going to alternate between this four nations cup, your all-star game, and then a a normal Olympics. And that's going to be super fun to alternate between those three. And I think it'll keep things from getting stale. Like they have with the all-star game. And the four nations cup thing, I think you just do whatever the top four nations were from the Olympics, take those and boom, there's your four nations cup. I agree. It kind of sucks that the top players are not going to be not going to be not in it, all the I, top players. Yeah. The top players from the fringe nations, like you said, like Germany and, uh, and, and other places, but and European, European, yeah, nations. the smaller European nations <laughs> that aren't in the French nations. Um, but I think they would like the break and they're still going to get that recognition whenever it's the cycle for the all for the all-star uh, the all-star week. And I think they're going to want to have a break anyway. <laughs> I think they're going to be, uh, I think I think other people are going to be jealous of them whenever those, those mid season, uh, those mid season events roll around. And I really hope that they keep rolling with these three different mid season events. I think it would be so much fun. And maybe you get one more that way you can have the full cycle in there and not, and have even less all-star games maybe but i think it's a it's a it's a great idea and i hope they keep on cycling them and that this isn't just a one-time thing until we get the olympics back i want them to keep this four nations thing and i think it's gonna be a great time my only the only question i have is anytime there's nationalities involved these players are going to get aggressive it's going to be a lot more hockey than than the all-star games are it's in the middle of the season and these nhl teams are risking their all-stars for, for no gain for themselves. It's gain for hockey, 100%, but for the Dallas Stars, Jason Robertson winning the Four Nations Cup doesn't really mean much. So I I, I wonder if the owners are going to let this go on a little bit further. Hopefully they see the growth that it has for the game long-term. Same thing that uh, the World Cup of Baseball had for the MLB this year. That was a huge boost. Oh, it was incredible. Huge. And, and hopefully they keep an eye on the long-term game, and that way this can keep going. But that's the only thing that I see stopping the four nations cup from from coming back in the future too i'm already talking about it coming back and we haven't even done it yet i'm so excited yeah. 
<laughs> well, like the, the the biggest thing about this is that this Four Nations Cup needs to make money for the owners in order for them to be happy. Because that's the reason why they didn't go to the the last couple of Olympics is because they're they're not making any money off of anything, and that's why they 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 didn't want to go to the Olympics because they weren't going to be making any money and they were going to have to pause their season for three weeks in order for the players to do so. So hopefully this is something that can go, uh, go good for them moving but, forward. But we've talked about with the not making money. Yes, it doesn't make you as much money short term, but like with the world cup of baseball long term, it's going to make you more money. I mean, these people need to think there's, longer than the next so couple of years. Short, they're so, so short sighted in the fact yep. They're so that is something that they they gotta get and, over their heads. And yes, you're not gonna make up money short term for those three weeks or two weeks or what however long this four nations cup is going to be. But you look, you know, 20 years down the line, which some of them might be dead by the time, but who cares? 20 years down the line for some of those younger owners, and by the time you're 60, 65, if you're a young owner, like in your 40s. Yep. You're going to be banking because you're going to you're going to get more people into the buildings, more people figuring out about your sport, about your franchise and all sorts of things. And I, I hate that they that the owners are so short sighted on that. But but this it, is it, a great start. I mean, the owners bought into this even before we got into the Olympics. So hopefully this is kind of a, a switch to be like, hey, this new this new nation stuff like for baseball is going to be great for growth. And hopefully that that they start noticing that and they, and they keep noticing it as we move forward. We can keep getting these awesome, these awesome events that people love to watch. And I want to mention one more team because it's going to be littered with Dallas stars player and the Finn. My gosh. Uh, obviously you got to think that Ropa Hintz is a lock. Yep. Ropa Hintz is absolutely a lock for well, this maybe team. starting center. Mm, I don't know. Well, let's see. Uh, you got Rantanen, Ajo, Barkov, Teravainen. Uh, so maybe, maybe. By the time this rolls around and we have another, uh, another Rope Hints playoff performance like last year, yeah, he might be up there. Well, I could see Hints or, oh, Barkov is so good though, man. He's so yeah, good. Barkov is good. I think Hintz um, is better. But yeah. But what's even more interesting, though, is the defensemen. And three of the eight projected defensemen, according to NHL.com, are from the Dallas Stars. Yep. Obviously, you got to think that Haskinen and Lindell are locks. Like hundred percent. There's no doubt they they will be on that team. And they've also included Hockenpah in on this. And he's not just like sitting on the bench. He's number five in on the depth chart, according to NHL.com. So. That's going to be really interesting to, at least for as a Stars fan, if for some reason, you know, the the U.S. gets knocked out in the, the semifinal phase or whatever, and you've got Canada versus Finland, that still gives us, you know, a, a, a team to root for, for in the final. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if and you that, only that, watch that, the that Stars, if you only watch the Stars, you might think Finland would be a international powerhouse, but then you look at their team <laughs> and they've got Hockenpah solidly locked on their third pair, and you're like, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> but man, they've got they've got UC Soros and Net. That's scary. I I would take Soros over Hellebuck in in a uh in a heartbeat. So, okay. Anyways, it's already getting late. We've already gotten late. But uh Chris, you got anything else? Anything else we need to discuss? 
uh, like I said, the Stars have a pretty pretty easy rest of the season compared especially to the Jets and the Avalanche. I, I think I think they're in like the the harder half and the, the Stars have I think I think it was like the eighth easiest schedule for the rest of the season and we're already in the number one spot for the division. This division is the Stars for the taking. I mean, there's no reason you should lose the division with where we're at this year. They, they got to go take it now. And like you said, these next couple of weeks, we got a lot of good teams coming up. We got a couple of cupcakes sprinkled in there, but at least every other game is against a very high quality opponent. It'll be fun to see what happens these next three weeks. And I, I can't believe I completely forgot this, but we got to mention the schedule real quick for this upcoming week. Cause it's, it, it is extremely top heavy. Chris Tuesday, we have the Carolina hurricanes. Thursday, we have the Natural Predators, who we have had issues with this year. Saturday, we have the Oilers. Monday, we have the Bruins. And then a week from Tuesday, we have the Rangers. So, yeah, Bruins, Rangers back to back. That is going to be brutal. (laughs) I mean, if you can get two points out of that, you're you're happy because goodness, that is rough. But one of them is a matinee game. The Bruins game is a Monday matinee. What the heck? <laughs> what is going it, on? It, it, it's President's Day. That's why. Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. Who celebrates President's Day? <laughs> <laughs> not, not here. No, we don't. We still got to go to school that day. So I I have to miss that game. It sucks. But Me too. anyways, uh, that is a really tough schedule considering like four of those five teams. Well, actually, all five of those teams are in the playoffs right now. This this is going to be and this kind this kind of goes full circle back to the the hockey guy video. This is going to we're going to see what the stars are truly made out of in these next 5 games. And if they lose all 5, we should be very worried. Should be worried. If we if 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 we go in and we're able to compete with these guys and we pull out a couple of wins and we end up with like a a 3-2 and 1, that's or even like a a 2 yeah, no, a 3-2 and 1. Yeah, a three, two, and one in the next six, or like a three, one, and one, or even a two, two, and one. I would be happy with, uh, with these next five opponents. And I'd, uh, I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't be happy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be happy. I would be okay with it. That's a good point. Okay. Anything else, Chris? Nope. Excited. Could be a fun week. All right. A lot of hockey. Thank you guys for those of you who are who are crazy enough to uh, listen live. Uh, it's eleven thirty nine at the time we're finishing this after the Super Bowl. Congratulations to Texas man, Mister Patrick Mahomes, for winning his third Super Bowl in five years. Crazy! It's a dynasty. It's yeah, a dynasty, man. Crazy. He is officially a dynasty. Uh, go and check out sarcasticremarks.com for all the latest info from us. It's where we post our episodes, and that's the that's like the fastest way to be able to listen to our episode just straight from the website so go and check that out but as always wherever you listen to your podcast episodes please consider leaving us a five-star review it's the best way to help us grow click like and subscribe here on youtube follow us on all of our social media channels and as always thank you to DraftKings sportsbook use that promo code thpn along with chris my name is ryan we will catch you guys on the flip side And we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And we will be back with you guys again on Tuesday.